All right, well, good morning and blessings to each one of you that are here this morning. I'm glad to see a fuller crowd than what was here this morning. Glad to see all the visitors here. And as I'm speaking today, I might make reference to the word church, and I, I mean everybody in here, not just the people that attend here regularly. So if you're a believer, that includes you. So blessings to each one of you. I'm excited to share from God's word this morning. We're going to be looking at Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. And by the way, guys, thanks for those songs. I thought about texting you last night, Tim, and asking if you would play that song, The Power of Your Love, but I just kind of dismissed it, so hallelujah. I love that song. And The power of your love and how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So I just really appreciated those songs. What we're talking about this morning is the last of a series of messages in December on love. And originally Brent had asked me to share on the greatest is love. Is that right, Brent? And as I was studying that, 1 Corinthians 13, there was just something within me that I believe was God speaking to me, that there's something deeper that he wants me to look at or us as a, as a group here, to, to look at and to really dig in to, uh, to what love is. And if you weren't here in December, we talked about loving God, loving our neighbor, loving one another. And now today we're talking about rooted and grounded in love. And it's a simple message. It really is. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time this morning. I know some of you need to leave for you have Christmas dinner plans, and so I want to Respect that. Hey, Mike, do you mind turning on the lights? I can't see any, but I'd like to see who I'm talking to. If you could do that, that would be great. So it's a simple message this morning. Thanks, Mike. And I don't want to take away from the simplicity of the message. And God has laid this on my heart personally over the past few weeks and months even. And so I just want to... And it's important to me this morning that I don't simply convey um, information to you. I want you to hear what is on my heart, the burden God has placed on my heart in this area. And so, in Ephesians three fourteen, here, this is Paul in prison. And I want you to remember that as we go through this. Paul was in prison here, and he was praying for the Gentiles, I believe. He was praying for the people that are outside of prison. In verse 13 it says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation. So he was praying for strength for the believers and non-believers that weren't in prison with him. And that, I thought that was pretty interesting um, that Paul was praying this prayer in prison. He was praying for inner growth um, for the Gentiles. And as he sat there in prison, he wasn't praying about his own physical needs, or that he would be released. He was praying for a deep spiritual growth in the other believers. And so, I'd be curious to know, and you don't have to answer, but how often do you sit down and you take inventory, you just ask yourself, how's my inner man doing? We all have that inner being within ourselves that Way too often, I know in my life, I don't really take time to consider that. Like, how's my inner being doing? So I asked you the question this morning, how's your inner man? And there's probably some of you here that have some 
things going on inside, turmoil, some hurts. Some of us believe lies about ourselves. And there's some that there's peace and joy in, inside. And so we all have, have this, this inner man. You know what I'm talking about. This inner being that we really get into um, who we are. And so often we, I know in my life, I don't stop to think about my inner man because I'm too busy doing the external things. But yet it's so important. And Paul recognized that here. And so if you have your Bibles open to Ephesians 3, verse 14. Let's go ahead and read the text. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. When I read that, I'm just amazed at the, the deepness of this prayer. I'm like, that's an amazing prayer. That Paul was praying for the saints that they would be strengthened. And we're going to get into some of this. And I don't want to... I had to take a lot of stuff out of my notes. Because you can really dig into some of these things. But I want to keep it simple enough. My goal this morning is that you, as believers here this morning, would go home and be encouraged... To, uh, to dig into your inner man and start praying these things not only for yourself, but for the believers around you. So that's, that's my goal here this morning. When was the last time that you've prayed anything remotely close to this? That you would be strengthened according to the riches of his glory. And as I was digging into this scripture this, these past few weeks, I've started praying that for myself, for my family, my spouse, children. And I've seen some things changing for people that I was praying this for. And so I really believe this is it's a unique prayer. And so we're just going to go through some of these things here. And like I said, I want to keep it really short. Um, so verse 13 there, and if we look at Paul's situation, or verse 14, we look, look at Paul's situation here. He was in prison, and he wasn't praying for any physical or needs for himself. He was praying for the spiritual strength of the, uh, of the Gentiles. And he says, I'll bow my knees. And that's, that statement there, to me, is a picture of humility. Paul was in prison. He had plenty of things he could be praying for himself for, but... He said he bows his knees to the Father of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That simply means he was praying to the creator of the universe, the God that created you and I, the very God that breathes life into, into us. And our, our next breath comes from God. And he was just acknowledging who God is there. And then in verse 16, he really gets into the meat of the prayer. He says that he would grant you, 
And I want you to put your name in there. He's praying this for the believers. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Am I too close to the mic here? Sounds like it's echoing a little bit. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. I want you to think about that for a little bit. According to the riches of his glory. That he would strengthen us. What, what does that mean? Like I was reading this verse and like, man, this stuff is so deep. I don't even, I don't know that I even understand it. I don't. It's, it's just incredibly deep stuff. So what are the riches of the God of the universe? What is the riches of the God in heaven that created heaven and earth with speaking it into being? What, just think about that for a minute. What are the riches of his glory? And he wants to strengthen us according to that. And just to bring it into perspective, there's a difference in giving something out of riches versus according to riches. For an example, what, what's the richest person that you know? Anybody? Somebody really rich? Bill Gates. There you go. How much is he worth? Too much. Well, that's a lot. Let's say, I don't know how much he's worth. Several million or billion, probably. I don't know. Let's say he's worth $10 billion. And so he walks up to Brent and he says, Here, Brent, here's 20 bucks. Brent's like, Oh, wow, thank you. 20 bucks, cool. I mean, you can put in the offering on Sunday or something. And that's giving out of his riches. He has $10 billion, and out of that, he gave Brent 20 bucks. Now, if he comes and he gives Brent a million dollars, then he's giving according to his riches. You see the difference here? And so he was praying that according to the riches of his glory, that Christ would strengthen us in our inner being. That's incredible to me. Like, what else do we need? If, if we are strengthened according to the riches of the glory of Christ in heaven, we pretty much have what we need. No? God owns all of the riches on earth, plus the entire universe. He created heaven and earth by speaking. And according to that, I don't know, it, it just blows my mind. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's incredible. To be strengthened with his might, with might, by his spirit in the inner man, according to his riches, and out of that, that he would, he wants to strengthen us, to encourage us, to build us up, become stronger in our inner being, to divinely enable us to live the Christian life. I had to think of Moses, and when he asked God to show him his glory or his face, and God said, no, you can't see that. It's, it's going to kill you. And according to that glory, Paul is praying for strength in the inner man. And what's unique about this prayer is that it doesn't matter where you're at in your Christian life. You might be really st strong and strengthened. But as we go through this, um, you'll see that there's, there's really no limit 
what God has. Like if we're talking about money, let's say God is giving Brent a lot of money. He gives you a million dollars. Well, he can give you 10 million. He can give you 50. He can give you 500 billion. There's, there's no end to what God has. And so to try to wrap our minds around that and tap into some of that is it's just incredible. In verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And that's simply talking about Christ. In the Greek, dwell means to, to come in and to make yourself at home, to be, to be at rest or to be comfortable within us. And then he goes on in verse 17, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. And this is so huge, and this is what I kind of want to zero in on. It kind of um, goes with what we were speaking about in December here on the series on love. Rooted and grounded in love. What does that look like? What does that look like for you and I as believers? God believed that God would put, he wants to put his roots of love so deep down inside of our hearts that there's nothing that can tear us out of that. We all know how important the root system is to a tree. You, you see the tree up here, but yet down below this enormous root system. I believe it's the same way for what God wants to do for each and every one of us, to be rooted and grounded in that love that no matter what, what comes along in life, that we'll be able to stand. With a tree, the roots are... That's where the trees get their source of life and water, their food. And it's the same way with us. We need to be so deeply rooted in Christ's love that that's where we get our life. I'm just going to skip over some of these things. I, just, I, uh, I don't want to drag it out. Some of you need to leave and... One of the main things that being rooted and grounded in love is simply receiving God's love and giving it away. We're a channel. God wants to channel his love through us to others, to the people we come in contact with. And anything we do apart from that is worthless, essentially. And that's what First Corinthians 13 is all about, the love chapter. It talks about if I do, if I speak in tongues and I have not love, I'm nothing. If I do, there's a whole list of things. If I put a million dollars in the offering basket and have not love, I might as well not put it in there. That's what that's, what that's talking about. And so he's praying that we would be strengthened according to the riches of his glory and that Christ would dwell in our hearts and be rooted and grounded in love. And in verse 18, he talks about being able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. In verse 19, he goes on and says, but I want you to comprehend the vastness of God's love, but you know what? You're, nev you're never really going to understand it. It's that big. And I was kind of digging into this, and like, it just overwhelms me when I think about it. And I was thinking about the greatest measure that I could come up with. Like, what's the, what's the biggest thing you, you can think of? 
Anybody. Kids, what are the biggest things you can think of? Something huge. The ocean. Very good. That's a big one. God's love is even bigger than that. And it sounds so simple, and it really is, but I, I want us to really to think about it. I mean, this is some awesome stuff that we need to, uh, I guess we don't have to, but I really want to dig into this and see what it does in my life. The biggest dimension that I could come up with, up with was the universe. I googled some of the dimensions of the universe and it's believed to be about 46 billion light years across, like 46 billion light years. I have no idea what that even means. And so I, I broke it down a little bit. So one light year is six trillion miles. And now I'm doing what I just said I won't do, give you information, but here it is. One light year is six trillion miles. And the fastest air travel ever recorded is 5,000 miles an hour. And at that speed, it would take 134,000 years of nonstop travel to travel one light year. And then the universe is 46 billion light years. Try to wrap your minds around that. It's impossible. But yet it's saying that's God's love. That's God's love. What I get out of this picture is, you know, God's love is so vast and great that we can't even, I can't even begin to explain it. Like it it's, but yet it reaches us wherever we're at. It reaches to the lowest low of our lives. It reaches us where we're on the top of our life. And wherever we're at in life, God's love can reach us. Psalms 108.4 says, God's love is great above the heavens. So if the universe is 46 billion light years big and God's love is great beyond that, I think you get the picture. I get it. it just blows my mind. But yet this is what Paul prayed for. He saw a need in the believers that they need to know what this is. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. That's an interesting statement. How can you know something that's beyond knowledge? How is that even possible? I don't know. Some, somebody smarter than me in here needs... I don't know. How can you know something? Brent, you're pretty educated, aren't you? I pick on you because you're in the front row. No. <laughs> I've got an eighth grade education, but I've got the Spirit of God within me, so. Anyway. Um, to, yeah, how do you know something beyond knowledge? I, I was pondering that like, it's impossible. But yet what I think he's trying to say here is that I could stand up here till I'm blue in the face, and I, I can never tell you about the love of God. It's just, there's no end to it. And so let's, let's get the greatest speaker in the world in here. Who it, John Maxwell, he's a great communicator. And he couldn't even do it. Like, God's love is so beyond anything that we can comprehend. And I don't know about you, like, this just overwhelms me. I, 
it's amazing. But yet, we can, I think what it's translating to is that it's more than just knowing about it. It's, it's an experience. It's something we need to experience for ourselves. I can't preach the love of God into Brent's heart. Impossible. But yet, through the Holy Spirit and through the provision that God has made, he can experience that. It's not, I can't preach the love of God into anybody, and nobody else can preach it into me. It's something that we need to experience for ourselves. Verse 19. I just realized I skipped the whole page of notes. That's okay. Verse 19, filled with the fullness of God. God wants to fill us with not just enough to get by, but God wants to fill us with the fullness of what, he, what he's about. The life of God, the virtue of God, the, the character of God fully being developed in us. That's what, what that's talking about. And I don't know about you, but when I look at this picture of how great God is, but yet he wants to fill us with all of that and more, more than we could ever dare think or imagine, I get overwhelmed. I get excited. And I might suggest to you, like, if you don't get excited about that, I don't think you know who God is or what he's about. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement, but if that doesn't excite you, you don't know who God is. You might have an idea about who he is, but and then verse twenty, and then if, as if that wasn't enough, he says, "Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, about above all that we ask or think." Think about that. Like, what's the biggest thing you can imagine God doing for you in your spirit? I'm talking about spiritual life. I don't care about all the other stuff. I'm talking about spiritual here. Like, what's the greatest thing you think God could do for you? And yet he says he can do exceedingly abundantly more than that. Isn't that amazing? Like, that's the God we serve. And so, I'm just going to wrap this thing up. Um, I want you all to close your eyes for a moment with me. And I want you to think, like really think about what would happen if we start praying for this as a church, the church at large, if we would pray for this for ourselves, for our wives, our husbands, and our children. Just think about what God could do. Now take whatever God put in there, or whatever you thought, and you can open your eyes again, and know that he can do exceedingly abundantly, far beyond you can ever imagine. There's no limit to the God I serve. There's no limit to the God you serve. 
Let me ask you this. Do you believe that God answers prayers? Maybe. Does God answer prayers? Somebody. Yes. Amen. He does. Do you believe that God wants to do that for you? I believe he does. I think God is, I believe God is just waiting to lavish his love on our lives. We need to, it's there. We need to tap into it. And he doesn't just give us enough for today or tomorrow, but there's more where that came from, and there's more, and then there's more. But there's a never-ending supply. I hope, I hope you're seeing the picture here of what I'm trying to communicate to you. I know I'm not a great communicator, but I, I just I get overwhelmed with the Word of God, and so I'm just trying to share that with you this morning. Um, I know if there was a time in my life, in my Christian experience, that I thought, well, you know, that might be true for someone else, but that's really not for me. God will never do that for me. You know what? That's a lie from hell. That's a bold statement. I, that's a lie. God is so much more for us spiritually than what we realize. And the, the Bible talks about God taking us from glory to glory to glory. And that's what, I think that's what he's talking about. Like, we get to a place in life like, oh, wow, that was a great spiritual experience and but yet God wants to take us further and then take us further and then glory to glory to glory what if this was our goal as a church as Christians to be so filled with this stuff what if that was our goal for 2019 how would that change the church in America I think it would change a lot. I really do. You know, this is the thing we need to be praying instead of, you know, we pray for the fruits of our trees. We pray that Bob would stop smoking or that Tom would stop looking at porn or you name it. Pray for our anger. There's things we pray for, the fruits of our trees, but yet... Paul recognized something here that these, these people need to be strengthened in their inner man because, you know, we can set up, and I'm talking out of experience now in my life, and some of you know part of my story of where I came from and where I'm at now, but, you know, I had times in my life where there was, there was rules in place to keep me from doing certain things. And it worked while I was in that. But as soon as I got outside of that, no conviction. I just, there was nothing there. And that's what Paul's praying for here because there was nothing in here. There was absolutely nothing in here that kept me from getting into some of those things. And so, I think this is so huge for us as Christians. And so often we, you know, we do it in church. We do it in our personal lives. We set up these boundaries and rules to try to keep us from doing whatever. But yet, it may work for a little bit. There was a story on the news the other day about a guy that killed his 
ex-girlfriend. And it was just, it, it was during the time I was studying for this, and, but yet he had, a, he had a restraining order against her. So, I mean, but yet there was nothing in here keeping him from doing that. You see the picture? Like, we can put something in place. He had a restraining order to keep him from going within certain feet of this lady, but yet he ended up killing her. And I, that's, that's so true in our Christian lives as well. Unless we're changed in here and we're rooted and grounded in Christ's love, we're just going to be going in circles. When we are strengthened according to his riches and Christ dwells in us, we're rooted and grounded in love, and we comprehend the breadth, length, depth, and height, and we know the love of Christ, and we're filled with the fullness of Christ, we'll have righteous fruit in our lives, not that sin fruit that we try to pick at and take care of. So yes, the greatest is love, but it's when we're rooted and grounded in Christ's love and filled with the fullness of God. I want to read 2 Corinthians 4.16 yet, and then I'll wrap this up. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause we faint not, But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So God bless you all. May you have a blessed new year. We're on a new year here. and um, Yeah, exciting things can happen in a new year. And may your inner man, your inner being be strengthened, encouraged. And may you know and experience the love of Christ in your life. And may you be filled with the fullness of God. God bless you. Friend.